0: Hi, and welcome to the Purdue Commercial AgCast, the Purdue University Center for Commercial Agriculture's podcast featuring farm management news and information. I'm Brady Brewer, an Associate Professor of Agricultural Economics, and joining me today is Michael Langmeyer, Professor of Agricultural Economics here at Purdue and the Associate Director for the Center for Commercial Agriculture. On today's episode, we will be covering interest rates uh, in the agricultural sector and also talking a little bit about the agricultural credit markets. So I want to lead off here, Michael, and, and you know, think about where interest rates are going. So, uh, the first Item I want to discuss is the averaged uh, fixed. So this is the 30-year fixed farm real estate interest rate, and it has been declining here over uh, the past. I mean, really over the past decade. Um, But we've really seen a pretty steep decline in it. uh, You know, starting around the 2020 area. But it has recently started to increase. So the data that I pulled is from the Federal Reserve. So uh, a lot of the Federal Reserve banks uh, across the nation. to add credit surveys, uh, but the two that I pulled are the Kansas City and the Chicago uh, Federal Reserve data. So, the latest data we have is from the quarter one, so January, February, and March of 2022. Uh, they won't release the the quarter two until about August. Uh, so, the Kansas City Federal Reserve, the 30-year fixed rate was at 4.78 percent, and then the Chicago Federal Reserve District, uh, the average uh, fixed. Real est- mortgage, real estate for farm real estate was right up 4.4 percent. So pretty low, you know, still still showing pretty low interest rates.
1: Yes, yeah, certainly, and even when you compare to uh, 2019 before COVID, uh, we were looking at interest rates 5.25 to 5.5, and so we're we're quite a bit lower than what we were prior to COVID. And so and so these interest rates that we've seen the last two or three years, uh, we we thought those were going to be temporary. I mean, obviously there's some other pressures. Besides, uh, besides COVID and getting a little better, that, that is, is, is causing interest rates to come up. But, but even you know, even if they would come up one percent, you know, they're probably going to go up more than that. But even if they go up one percent, we'd still only be back where we were in two
0: thousand nineteen. Yeah. So we're not even talking about you know highs of of a decade. This is yeah. you know we haven't even reached a high of the past four years. Now, as I said, this is quarter one. If you know, I, I fully expect once we get the quarter two data in later this year, uh, you know, that those may be in the five percent range somewhere in the 5% range. They're going to be we know the federal we'll talk about the federal funds right here in just a little bit uh it's it's obviously came up so we expect these to fully come up uh, 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 from from where they are in this data
1: yeah one of the things that's always interesting when you talk to younger people they don't necessarily remember some of the higher interest rate days but I, one of the things i've done here uh, with some of this some of this data uh, from the federal reserve bank of chicago for example is i looked at the 10-year averages uh, starting in 2007 uh you know starting with the ethanol boom uh, when you looked at 10-year average that started in 2007, you were up at 7.5% and so and so that just tells you you know, how low we are today compared to where we were even in 2007 which isn't that long ago they've done nothing but decline those 10 year averages all the way to 21 now we're going up the other way and we'll see how we'll see how you know, if we get close to those uh, 2007 rates or not but now we're kind of going the other way and so so my point is here there's some people that have never really seen anything but you know, fairly low interest rates, and so this will be a shock to some people as they start to adjust upward.
0: Yeah, and definitely we'll need to include that on cash flow projections. You know, f- thinking about the operating loans and and uh, other loans you may be getting here over the next year. Now, I want to compare this to you know maybe what we're seeing uh, outside of the farm sector, and uh, if you look at non-farm. Uh, fixed. So so essentially the equivalent to the farm mortgage. So a 30-year fixed mortgage for non-farm real estate. So you think about this, this is the the interest rate that most people get when we go get a, a house a house loan. Uh, for the quarter one, 2022, it was at 3.82%. Now, So it is lower right now than the farm real estate, but it's actually seen a much steeper increase here in 2022 than what the farm real estate interest rates saw. And I attribute that, Michael, and maybe you uh, think a little bit differently than me, but I attribute that to an increase of of risk in the
1: non-farm credit markets. I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you compare compare our uh, interest rates in agriculture to the prime interest rate, for example, the margin is not that big uh, compared to what it is historically. Historically, if you're comparing the operating loan to the a, uh, a operating interest rate in agriculture to to the prime uh, the prime interest rate for the rate for the you know the top borrowers uh, is the way the Fed is, de- is defined the federal federal government defines that uh, that number. You're, you're typically looking at one and a half percent right now. We're looking at one percent, and so what that tells me is agriculture is not very risky. If you look at the financials, maybe from uh, University of Minnesota Finbin or or other sources of data, solvency remains very strong, very low. low Solvency, at least on average, and, and for most farm and liquidities is much better in the last year in particular because twenty-one was a good net farm income year. Uh, and so yes, I, I do think there's right now there's not as much risk in agriculture as there probably is in the in the housing market. Yeah, so not as much risk. Um,
0: you know, so I'm also part of a survey with colleagues here at Purdue and Kansas State, and we ask ag lenders around the nation about uh, very similar to the the Federal Reserve survey, but we ask, you know, what's happening to non-performing loans in your loan portfolio? And, you know, I'll say, Michael, a lot of the lenders that uh, write in the comments uh, I put no change on delinquency, but that's because we have no farmers in, you know, delinquent farmers in our loan portfolio. So a lot of liquidity out there and a lot of, um, you know, the the risk factor on the ag side in the ag credit markets is just so much less than in the other credit markets for lending or, or other sectors of the economy. You know, so the. The non-farm real estate is going up. I do expect it to continue to go up. There's reports. Uh, I've seen some news articles recently for, uh, you know, uh, on the auto loan side, a huge increase in repossessions. I've also seen some data that has showed that we've seen a... Pretty big spike in delinquency of, of net 30 days past due on credit cards here in the US. So we're starting to see a lot more risk factors show up in, in what I'm going to call leading indicators of the economy, and that's going to continue to drive up that risk component. When banks price interest rates, it's, you know, they got to charge you what it costs them to get the funds, which is the Fed funds rate, or you know, there's some other ways they can get funds like checkable deposits, but then they also have to price in the risk component as w- well. And we're seeing that in the non-farm uh, mortgage rate rates. <sighs> So the other thing that I want to talk about, or the other interest rate I want to talk about when it comes to farm is, you know, so we've talked about the the land, the real estate, but let's talk about the operating or, in, and, you know, intermediate loans as well. So if we look at the intermediate interest rates for Q1 of, of 2022 for both the Chicago and Kansas City Fed, they're, uh, you know, operating are always higher than real estate because they're always a little bit riskier. So the Kansas City Federal Reserve District was at 5.21 percent, and the Chicago Federal Reserve District was at 4.6% for operating loans given uh, in in Q1 of 2022.
1: Yeah, and as I was indicating, the the prime rate was about a percentage below the Chicago rate. There uh, actually it was about 1.2 percentage below that, so the prime rate uh, was about 3.3% uh, uh, in in the first quarter. Now, obviously, these rates are going up. We're going to talk about Fed fund rate here a little bit, but while we're up, while we're talking about operating interest rates here, how much how, how much upward pressure is there? Uh, you know, if you look at the Fed funds rate, uh, it seems to me when you're comparing to quarter one, there could be at least two percentage, but every two and a half percentage uh, points, uh, could inc- possible increase in that. Uh, what, what does that mean for the for the operating interest rates, Brady? Obviously, extreme
0: upward pressure. I mean, let's just we all know that's happening. I think the question that you're getting at, Michael, is is how much upward pressure is, is there? So, if they're currently at 5.21% in Kansas City, 4.6 in Chicago, you know. Again, this is q1 data we know that we're already into q you know uh, through q2 now um, and, and into q3 we know that the q2 data is going to come back at least half a percentage point um higher maybe even 75 basis points to 100 basis points so a full percentage point higher than what we saw in q1 so we're already probably seeing you know five and a half upwards for for some of these numbers. Once we get the the Q2 data back, um, we know that the the Fed funds rate. You know, the next FOMC meetings here at the end of July, uh, and we're going to get to some of the inflation numbers. The the uh, the recent uh, consumer price index numbers that just came out here in July uh, continue to increase. Um, you know, if you're thinking operating loans, Michael, I think that by the end of uh, 2022, when, you know, when farmers go to renew their production loans for the 2023 growing season here in the Midwest, you could see two, two and a half percentage higher than what we're, we're currently seeing. That that means that puts us in the seven and a half percent range.
1: Which would be, again, I'm looking at some historical numbers here, which would put us back Back about where we were in 2007, 2008. Yes. So it's been a while.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's that's 15 years. Yeah, that's that's been a while. So for for the operating note. It could be the highest operating note interest rate for the and last 15 years.
1: And we're going to talk about inflation here in a little bit. You you start thinking about man, seven percent. Why is it? Why is it so high? Well, think about where inflation is right now. I mean, the interest rate by definition, the long term, the interest rate has to be higher than inflation. Uh, you know, because you want to we want a positive real rate there. And so, uh, and so that that's one of the things that's going on here. Is inflation was at two percent for a long period of time, 10, 15 years. Uh, if you look at the if you look at the average. Inflation 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 rate. It was at 2%. We're not in that territory right now, nor will we be anytime soon.
0: Yeah. And let's, Michael, let's just uh, talk about inflation real quick, because I think that's a big determinant of where these interest rates are going. And we spoke about this in in our podcast last month, uh, but the Bureau of Labor Statistics just released the June 2022 uh, CPI numbers, and it was up. It was in the eight percent range, and we are now above nine percent inflation. So again, I just want to remind everyone, um, you know, so the June 2022 inflation that the CP that the BLS just Uh, reported was 9.1%. So the interpretation of that 9.1% is uh, prices. So they have a basket of goods that they look at. That basket of goods in June of 2022 is 9.1% higher than that same basket of goods um, in June of 2021. So it's a year over year uh, inflationary
1: measure. And with, with that level of inflation, and, and you you hear you see this in the headlines all the time. They, they that's the way kind of the way they refer to this these numbers. It's been forty years. Uh, it's been forty years since we've seen inflation that high. And, and uh, um, um, you know, looking you, know, you you go back twenty years, and five percent was high. You know, five six percent was high. And now we're way above way above anything we've seen uh, you know the last twenty years.
0: I do want to point out, though, is that there have been some economists, and and Michael, I was actually talking with our colleague Jim Mintert a couple weeks ago about this, and there are some economists um, that are arguing that the inflation, so this 9.1% is is high. It's not as high as what we saw in the 1980s. What they're arguing, though, is that we're actually above where we are in the 80s. Their argument is that how we measure the CPI index is – you know, the, the wallet share of how we spend our money as, as a consumer, um, has shifted and we don't adjust for that shifting. We essentially, you know, to boil down their argument, um, to simplify it is that we now spend a lot more on real assets like housing and real estate, and we don't necessarily adjust, uh, for that share of wallet. And if you do, they do the calculations. They actually show that inflation is just as bad as the, 1980s right now currently so you know w- with the current way i you know i don't want to get too far down that rabbit hole michael right now of how how we measure uh see you know the 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 inflation it's increasing it's the worst it's been in, in you know over 15 years not as bad with this current measures the 1980s but you know I think the question for me is I was kind of expecting it to level off here at the you know start start to level off and it's still going up so how high do we think the inflation could go here by the end of 2022
1: yeah I, yeah I, I I keep reading that it's gonna that's going to taper off here a little bit when when we hit nine percent here in June uh it would be it it, it would be hard to believe it, it, it dropping to as low as six percent any, anytime soon uh yet alone you know dropping further than that and you know you know we have to go back Back to the the Fed does have a goal of two percent inflation, uh, and 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 people read that two percent differently. Some people think that's a cap. Others think, well, that's kind of a long run average. Well, regardless if you whether think that's a cap or a long run average, we're way above that, uh, and it's it's going to be a long time. And, and even the Fed admits that it's going to be a long time before we get this we get this driven down to to where that where their goal is. Uh, another thing I wanted to say while we're talking about inflation, you know, we're talking to a lot of businesses uh, in the this podcast, uh, you know businesses know that this is measuring consumer uh, prices. Wholesale prices have also been very high. In fact, I've seen some double digits uh, for, for 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 like some of the, the the recent months on wholesale prices. Also, agriculture. If you look at uh, USDA, uh, all items paid uh, coming from National Agriculture Statistical Service, going from May 21 to May 22, that's up 17 uh, percent. And so and so yes, it's it's it consumer prices are up substantially. Well, we have to remind reader also, obviously, wholesale prices and the prices that, that businesses are paying for inputs is up substantially too. And, and the reason I mentioned that is is that that's going to continue to put pressure on consumer prices. I mean, obviously, businesses can't continue to absorb uh, these high prices they paid for inputs uh, and not pass at least some of that on to the consumer.
0: Yeah. Uh, when you you know, thinking about the wholesale prices, when you break down the CPI into different categories, that, you know, energy, so from June 2022 uh, to June 2021, the, the basket of goods that represent all energy items, so this is gasoline, diesel, uh, electricity, propane, uh, is over 40% higher than what we were spending on these energy goods back in tw- June of 2021. That's just remarkable to me. And, and, and energy is a large part of that wholesale inflation.
1: In, in agriculture, if you look at just diesel, for example, let's continue this a little bit. Uh, you know, Again, this is using USDA data. Uh, this is coming from the Agriculture Marketing Service. They do some surveys in Illinois Illinois and Iowa, looking at input prices for various items, fertilizer and fuel, it's up 75%. Uh, and you know, obviously, we've seen some weakness in, in fuel prices recently, but, but nevertheless, we're still at much higher levels than what we saw even a year ago. Yep. So, Michael, I, I, I next want to turn – so, you know, inflation is a big part of
0: where interest rates are going, and the other part is the cost of funds, which is can really be represented here by the Fed funds rate. So, for those that don't follow, we talked about this on our last interest rate uh, uh, episode that we did a month ago, uh, but the the Fed – or the FOMC, the Federal Open Market Committee, has met uh, since we last did that in June, and they released their new dot plot, and they also raised the Fed funds rate by 75 basis points. Okay? Um, So a couple things I want to mention here is that this was actually a deviation from plan. Uh, The FOMC committee is the, you know, the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve, and they have some other people that's on that. Uh, They had really set a course in the spring where they were saying, we're not going to raise more than 50 basis points a time. And then one month later, they raised it 75 basis points. So they already deviated from their plan. And that was a large part because of the inflation numbers that they got in June, which were higher than expected. And then the other thing I want to point out here is that normally they, the Fed tries to be this beacon of stability. And they try to say, here's what we expect to do over the next six months. Huge deviation the Fed actually said, we're not going to say what we're going to do because we're going to let the data guide us, and we're not really going to – we don't want people making decisions on what they think we're going to do, and then we deviate from the course. You know, we were talking before we started recording, Michael, of what the Fed, you know, this next meeting is going to do. I actually think with these increase uh, numbers, you know, when they released this – I did some quick calculations, say, okay, based on the dot plot they just released, they're gonna have to raise interest rate about 50 basis points in 2022 for each of the next four FOMC meetings to reach this target of 3.4% by the end of, of 2022 for the Fed funds rate. I think with the new inflation numbers, we may see another 75 basis point increase. Now, it's not guaranteed, but it's, I'm sure it's something that they're going to discuss.
1: Yes, and if you look longer term, Brady, they are, they are thinking that the Fed funds rate would not necessarily stay uh, at these elevated levels long term. Uh, you know, uh, they're, they're thinking the Fed, the Fed, the Fed fund rate would, would gravitate back to about 2.5. However, I would like to point out that they're also assuming that inflation is going to go back to 2%. Uh, now, that's long-term. Uh, you know, even they realize that the inflation is going to be you percent know, 3%, uh, I think that's rosy scenario, but that's what currently, their current uh, thought process is for 23 and 24 uh, is inflation at 25 to 3%. And so uh, what, I'm, what I'm saying is that 2.5%, that reduction in the Fed funds rate going into 23, uh, 24, and longer term uh, assumes uh, that inflation is going to come down. And so that's, the key thing to look at uh, when you're thinking about interest rates is what what's happening to inflation. Uh, is it coming down from these high levels we're seeing now? Uh, and more importantly, is it coming down closer to that long term goal of 2 percent?
0: Yeah. And we know it's going
1: to come down, but I don't
0: think we're going to get to the, the that 2 percent. Yeah,
1: yeah, I just think I just think it's going to be tough to get to that 2 percent anytime soon. So what
0: I'll point out here on this dot plot is, um, you know, the, the dot plot is a representation of the median expectations for each of the FOMC committee members. So we're seeing the median we don't know the true range of what their expectations are. They're the, the high range that they could be expecting could be all the way up to five to 6%. Okay. Um, will that probably happen? No, that's why they're showing us the meeting. Cause that's the most likely, um, you know, there's, there's a couple of the FOMC committee members that think that by the end of 2022, we could see the fed funds rate all the way up to 4%, right? So that's, you know, that's a 75 basis point increase over the next, uh, two to three meetings, not just the next one. So you know, there's some scenarios in there where we could see a pretty high in, or some pretty high increases of, of the Fed funds rate.
1: But again, factoring in so what we've been talking about here with the Fed fund rate, uh, I'll just throw some numbers out. And I think these are what we consistent with what you talked about earlier, 7% for real estate loans, 7.5% for operating. If they have to be more aggressive, those rates would be even higher than that. Yeah, I completely agree there. Um, you know, And that's just through
0: the end of 2022. Yeah,
1: yeah there's usually about a half percent or so difference between the operating and the real estate. We'll see if that continues down the road. Yeah, and a large component of that that is the
0: risk that we're seeing in the ag credit market. So let's turn our attention to that risk component um, of of the interest rate. you Know we can pull the U.S. bank call report data, and again, this data is through uh, the quarter one of 2020 through t- 2022. Um, uh, so, January, February, and March is what uh, this data ends in March of 2022. And if we look at the farm real estate delinquency rates, so this is the um, number of uh, farm loans out there that are past due date, so in, in some type of delinquency, so this is net past net 30 days due, past net 60 days due, and also those that may be in uh, amortization or collections. Um, We've actually seen this from the quarter one of 2021. Uh, We've seen a pretty sharp decline in the delinquency rates for farm real estate loans. Um, You know, again, we talked about the increased liquidity out there in the farm credit markets, um, the increased profitability, uh, you know, due to various factors. The long term, if you look at like the 30, 40 year average here, Michael, uh, farm delinquency rates have traditionally been about 2.2, 2.3 percent, depending on how you what time period you're going. So, you know, we were right at when we were at the peak in 2021, when we were starting to see an increase in farm delinquency um, on on real estate loans, we were just to that 30-40 year average, and where we have come down pretty sharply from that long run average. So, you know, this is a pretty good sign of the risk that's out there. In other words, r- decreasing risk.
1: And and even with uh, with the lower crop prices we've seen recently, looking at the fall of 22 and the fall of 23, uh, when I when I kind of crunch some uh, very tentative. Of budgets uh, for for 23 for example things still don't look as bad as what they were from 14 to 19 which was a bit a bit of a hiccup in, in production and agriculture we saw some declines in land values uh, during that time period and so that's a good signal now as we continue these podcasts we'll, we'll update people uh, on on that fact but but I don't expect these delinquency rates to spike anytime soon I think we're going to stay relatively low uh, because of the, the financial situation we're currently in and and the good Cash loan twenty one is going to last a while. Uh, I think that's really going to that really really helped. Uh, you know, gives give some liquidity back into the agriculture sector. Uh, and and, and twenty two, even though the, like I said, the prices are lower, twenty two is not going to be a bad year depending on yields. Now there is some weather risk out there uh, in spades uh, in some parts of the country. But but it, you know, assuming that those wrinkles uh, those wrinkles are uh, what can be ironed out, uh, things don't look too bad for twenty two.
0: Yep. Um, you know, so thinking about the the. Delinquencies, a leading indicator that I like to look at for farm loan delinquencies is loan renewals and extensions. So, what this, um, what a loan renewals extension is, is let's say your farmer goes to his banker and they don't have enough money to pay the operating lo- uh, note from a current crop season. Um, if that farmer has adequate uh, equity, they can amortize it, they can uh, collateralize it. They can put it into a long-term note. They can do an A-B note. There's there's a lot of options that a banker has um, to work with a farmer that may not be able to repay the the full amount of their operating note. So they, both the Kansas City and the Chicago Federal Reserve, in their uh, ag credit surveys that they send to their bankers in in their loan service territories, they ask, you know, are you do you see an increasing number of these types of situations or a decreasing number of these types of situations, and what what we see is that bankers, uh, by and large, say no. I, I'm doing this less and less, which that's a pretty good sign. You know, delinquencies is, is kind of a lagging indicator. You see that on the back end when uh, things go bad in in the I credit markets. This is this is, a, as I said, a leading indicator because uh, a banker's going to do this before a farmer, you know, gets to that delinquent portion. Before a bank says no, we can't do anything for you. You know, you need to pay or 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 else. Um, now we saw a pretty sharp you know decline in these instances in 2020 2021 we do see a, a fairly flattening off but it's not increasing yet we don't bankers aren't saying yes we are we are increasing these uh, these types of situations with with farmers in our loan service territory. So that's a pretty good sign.
1: Yeah, and looking ahead, you're probably going to see some increases in some parts of the country because 22 is not as good a year as 21, and and you know. So as you as we get to the end of 22 and into 23, you're probably going to see some increases there. But again, I don't expect some very large spikes. Uh, there's nothing on you know. There's nothing on the horizon when you start looking at the net farm income uh, forecast that would necessarily indicate that there's going to be a large spike uh, in these and in, in in, in in delinquencies for example
0: so Putting this all together, Michael, when we think about where interest rates are headed, I mean, you know, I think the easy assumption here is say interest rates are on the rise. We know know that. The question is is, is where are they headed. We're still below 2019 levels, so it's not a doomsday scenario yet. Uh, but it is, you know, I would advise all farmers you need to be thinking about your cash flow budgets for you know next crop year when you're going to get your operating note note this fall. Um, there's going to be a, an increase in interest rates. That seven seven and a half percent range is where you know. I would expect it unless unless we start to get some inflation numbers that are just really increasing here through the you know, Q3 of, of 2022. That's kind of the range I would expect interest rates to be in.
1: Uh, one of the things that I want to note here, we talked, we alluded to it earlier, is real interest rates are very low right now. In fact, if you look at the uh, uh, look at the difference between the nominal real estate rate at the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago, uh, and and you look at the inflation last year using the PC implicit price deflator, uh, you had a real interest rate that was below 0.5%. Now that's historically low. Uh, you know, if you look, go from 73 all the way to today uh, that, that uh, the real interest rates like three percent if you start in 2007 at the beginning of the ethanol boom it's still close to two percent and so uh, the reason I bring that up is the seven percent for real estate loans and the seven and a half percent for operating loans they're really building in those inflation expectations and and if you and and it's really it's really uh, you know for that to happen inflation is going to have to probably come down to about five percent uh, or so and so that's the signal again if you you don't see inflation coming down close to that five percent you're probably looking for even more pr- upward pressure on, on those uh, both real estate rate and the operating rate the
0: other point i want to make here michael is that you know if you look at some of the farm credit data you know the majority of farm real estate loans um are on fixed interest rates, right? So these interest rate increase that we're talking about, it is not going to impact any loans that are currently made. Um, you know, and I would say that given the currently historically low interest rates that we have seen over the past decade, I would say most, uh, you know, I don't have the data on this, the, that 75% number I have is, is about 10, 12 years old. Uh, I would say well over 80, 85% of the, the farm real estate loans, um, are probably on, on a fixed basis. So we're, you know, this isn't going to be a huge hit to the cash flow for you know uh, for loans that are already made, so that's a good thing. Um, the other thing, biggest impact will be to operating. Or intermediate loans, since those may pose the highest risk if, if we do see a li- de- deterioration of liquidity in the ag credit markets.
1: Yeah, and the real estate lo- you know the real estate loans are are primarily fixed, if not exclusively fixed, in, in most cases. And but and so you're looking at new real estate loans. But even in that situation, again, you're looking at the the nominal uh, the nominal real estate loan compared to inflation, and that that real interest rate is really low right now. And so and so I don't think these increases we've been talking about in interest rates is going to have a large impact on the land value same as famous, famous last words there uh, and particularly given the high inflation because we have to remember when we're looking at land values uh, land is a good hedge against inflation and so if inflation remains above five percent in particular uh, the interest rates we're talking about here uh, just not going to have that much influence on the land market it's going to be more associated with cash flow uh, does non-farm investor uh, demand, demand has been really hot right now does that stay that way likely uh, and so there's 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 some other factors that are probably more important uh, than the interest rates we're talking about uh, when you're looking at land markets.
0: Yeah. um, I would add on to that is that real assets, you know, people typically say that real assets are the hedge for inflation. So that means that you could actually see some increased attention to the farm real estate markets from outside investors, using real estate as a hedge for a, a high inflationary period in in the general
1: economy. Yeah, you usually think gold, silver, and farmland, yep. and, and real estate in general. But we we all know you talked about it earlier. There is some there is some risk considerations when you're looking at some of the real estate. Uh, you talked about the housing market, but if the economy uh, if if the economy goes into recession here, uh, just real estate and, you know, urban real estate for commercial businesses is also going to face some risk. Yep. The next FOMC
0: meeting, uh, that they will meet at is July 26th and 27th of of 2022. So coming up here, um, you know, so we will see what the federal reserve does. You know, we got, uh, A few more fomc meetings here through the end of 2022 and and i think it's going to be interesting um you know i said earlier that we could see another 75 basis point increase uh to the fed funds rate um i don't know if that's guaranteed it it, you know i think for sure it's going to be 50 basis points um but uh it'll be interesting to see what the federal open market committee does here moving forward based on these new inflationary numbers So with that, um, that's a wrap for our discussion today on interest rates. You can find more information um, at the Purdue Center for Commercial Ag website, which is at purdue.edu backslash commercial ag. I encourage you to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. On behalf of Michael Engmeyer, the Purdue University Center for Commercial Ag, I'm Brady Brewer, and I thank you for listening.